Well, slipper season is right around the corner, you guys. And guess what? Just in time, MyPillow has their slippers on sale. I love these slippers, you guys. I got them for my family for Christmas last year. You will love them too. They are layered and they are awesome. The first layer has the MyPillow patented fill in it. Then they have memory foam and then they have impact gel and they look like moccasins and they're awesome. You can use them inside, outside. They are fantastic. Check it out. And for a limited time, using the promo code Heidi, you can get up to 60% off. This is an awesome opportunity to support this podcast and an American company. Call 1-800-447-0541 or go to the radio listeners specials page at MyPillow.com and use the promo code Heidi. Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm glad you guys have joined me today. We're going to tackle a topic that I think needs more attention inside the church, and that is the issue of integrity. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everybody, I'm glad that you're here today. I was looking at the headlines today as I was getting ready to record the show, and it occurred to me because we're watching yet another issue happening with yet another pastor. Sadly, this is coming on the heels of what's been going on inside the Southern Baptist denomination for a long time, right? These issues of of sexual integrity and what these pastors are doing on their days off and who they're messaging on Instagram. And we saw an article come out about Pastor Matt Chandler from the Village Church He announced on Sunday that he had an inappropriate online relationship with a woman and is now taking an indefinite leave of absence from preaching and teaching. The relationship was not sexual or romantic, Chandler told his church, but the elders believe that the frequent and familiar direct messages exchanged over Instagram were, quote, unguarded and unwise and revealed something unhealthy in me, said Chandler. Chandler said that he agreed with their assessment and was grateful for their spiritual oversight. Uh, In case you're not familiar with the Village Church, they are a very large and influential church in the Southern Baptist denomination. They reside in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Chandler, who's 48 years old, has been the pastor there since 2002 and the president of a church planting network called Acts 29 since 2012. Now, there's a lot of stuff uh, out there on the Internet, and I'm not going to speculate on any of it. As far as I'm concerned, this guy, we're going to take him at, at, his, at his word. He said that he didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't inappropriate, but it was unwise. And I thought it was interesting. I've been kind of reading what some of the Christian uh, online Christian magazines have been saying about this and what's going on with our churches right now. The article that I thought was the most interesting is found in Christianity Today, and I'm going to link back to it. In the show notes, but Chandler said that red flags came several months ago when a woman approached him in the foyer of his church. She had concerns about how he was communicating with a friend of hers. And so Chandler told the congregation he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. And as he direct messaged this woman, it wasn't a secret because his wife knew, the woman's husband knew. And yet the woman who approached him did not think that the online exchanges were appropriate. Chandler who has been critical of social media's impact on pastors himself has 134,000 followers on Instagram. He posts a couple times a month. I've told you guys this before. The internet is forever. And as a person who's got several hundred thousand people following me, I can tell you right now, you can have a million followers on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and be very much alone. These people are not your friends. And this is a, this 
the internet is really rife for struggles. It's rife for sin. There's so many things that can get into our lives and we're looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at or even having conversations with people that may not feel appropriate, but we find out later that they are. Now, according to Chandler, this woman confronts him in the lobby of his church and he says the confrontation was, quote, disorienting. And he immediately informed another senior pastor and the elder at his church, which was the wise thing to do. And then the church issued a statement and they have hired a law firm. Now, keep in mind, the church, the Southern Baptist denomination, for sure, drowning in allegations of sexual impropriety and sexual misconduct, absolutely drowning in scandal. They've got all kinds of issues from stem to stern. This is not going to help them at all. So the church did the right thing. They hired a law firm to review Chandler's use of social media, including his direct messages, as well as his phone texts and his emails. And this is what this is what Chandler said in response. He said, quote, it was that our conversations had been unguarded and unwise. And because I don't ever want there to be secrets between us, the concerns were really about frequency and familiarity. We believe in brother sister relationships here. And yet there was a frequency that moved past that and a familiarity that played itself out in coarse and foolish joking. It is unbefitting to someone in my position. Uh, Chandler grew emotional as he addressed the church on Sunday and paused to fight back tears at one point telling someone in the congregation shouted, we love you. And in response, Chandler said, if I'm honest, I'm just really embarrassed. I feel stupid. I feel dumb. I feel like I'm embarrassing my wife and kids and putting a ton of pressure on my staff. And then he reiterated with his uh, agreement that the decision to place him on leave was appropriate. He thanked the elders and for taking these allegations seriously. It would have been very easy for them to look the other way, Chandler said, and that would have been a betrayal of the core commitments of the village church. This is the reason why I'm I'm bringing this up. First of all, I really appreciate if this is, you know, I don't really trust much of what I read in the news anymore after my run for Congress. I trust very little, actually, of what I read in the news. But I think it's worth saying, especially since he's now commented on this publicly, integrity is an issue that has been plaguing the churches, the modern churches forever and ever. Amen. I read something online. I'll link back to it in the show notes today, but I thought this is an interesting story. Years ago, 20th Century Fox advertised for a salesman and they got this reply from an applicant. I am at present selling furniture at the address below. You may judge my ability as a salesman if you will stop in and see me at any time, pretending that you are interested in buying furniture. When you come in, you will identify me by my red hair and I will have no way of identifying you. Such salesmanship as I exhibit during your visit, therefore, will be no more than my usual workday approach not a special effort to impress a prospective employer. Now, I don't know if the young man got the job or not, but he demonstrated a quality that is rare, although it shouldn't be. And that quality is integrity. It's easy to talk about integrity. 1980 Sports Illustrated, a well-known athlete said, quote, fame is a vapor. Popularity is an accident and money takes wings. The only thing that endures is character. You guys want to take a guess at who that was in 1980 in Sports Illustrated? I'll give you a second. You're not going to figure it out. It was O.J. Simpson talking. Uh, but talking about character and living it out, obviously, two very different things. The Bible has a lot to say about integrity. As Christians, we are called to be like Christ. We are called to be new creations. Second uh, Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. I've said this many times on the show, God is committed to his own glory. And our lives, as the Apostle Paul said, it's as if we are making an appeal for God through the way that we live our lives. And so we have to be asking ourselves these questions. Are we living lives of integrity? Integrity meaning what we do in private. That's the most important part about integrity because we can be any way we want to be online. You can be any way you want to be at a family get-together. You can be any way you want to be on your social media account. But what are we doing in the secret places where no one else is watching? What is it that we're listening to? What kind of music are we filling our hearts with? What kind of things are we watching on television? These are all the things that end up helping whether or hurting whether or not we can live lives of integrity. In Job chapter 2, verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God? And shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Job lost everything he had in a moment. His wife told him not to hold on to his integrity anymore, but instead, quote, to curse God and die. But Job didn't do those things. Why? Because he lives a life of integrity. He's living a life of integrity. What's the definition? of an integral life. It's a steadfast adherence to what you believe to be true. So that steadfast adherence, it stays with you. Whether you're going through financial difficulty, whether your marriage is in trouble, whether you're struggling through a parenting issue or something's happening at church, your integrity stays with you. It's a state of being unimpaired, according to the American Heritage Dictionary of the English language, the state of being unimpaired, a soundness of character, the quality or condition of being whole or undivided, right? That's integrity. It's talking about integers, right? We all know about integers, those of us who remember the horrifying years that we took algebra. We remember integers, they're parts of a whole. Integrity means to live an integral life, a whole life. So the wholeness meaning that you're the same way in public as you are in private and it's very possible, as I'm reading, you know, this, these stories that are all over the Internet now about Matt Chandler, it's very possible that he didn't do anything wrong on purpose. What he was saying when he talked to the church was he was unguarded and unwise. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, mom and dad, when whatever relationships that you are entering into or the relationships that you have online, the relationships that you have on work, be the person that your kids can be proud of. So that means being careful about the conversations that you have with somebody else, especially in private messages. A lot of times we say things, I know I've done this before many times actually online when I'm I'm frustrated and I say something that I regret, like I might be harsh with someone or I might say something like, I'll go back and go, you know what? I could have done that better and go back and make it right. But we've got to be men and women of of character. Otherwise, we can't pass on integrity to our children. So our children are looking at us. They're watching us. The Bible has a lot to say about what it means to live a life of integrity. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you three areas that you need to focus on having integrity. We'll be right back. All right. So we've been talking about integrity, talking about what the Bible says about living a life of integrity. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, 
It says the integrity of the righteous will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. I love that word unfaithful that we see Solomon used in the book of Proverbs, because really that's what we were talking about before the break, your life of integrity. It's a life that is uh, public and private, and it's the same. No matter what sphere of influence you find yourself in, no matter if you're living your life in, in front of cameras or in front of a church or in front of a community of people, they're not going to go to your house on a Friday night and see something different than they would see on a Tuesday afternoon when you're at work. When integrity and uprightness are guiding you, the Bible says it can take you places that you've never been. Joseph was thrown in jail, but when he refused to sleep with Potiphar's wife because of his integrity and fear of the Lord, uh, the Bible says that God blessed him for it. Listen to what uh, Joseph said when he was approached by Potiphar's wife. He said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Potiphar's wife then in response falsely accused him and he was thrown in jail. And even in prison, Joseph retained his integrity and God was always with him. And after two years, God promoted him. and Eventually he becomes what? Basically the prime minister of Egypt. We can learn from Joseph to be men and women of integrity in whatever we do. And recognize that in due time, there is a reward. And whether that reward is that you become the prime minister of Egypt or that you have the respect of your children and of your community, it is a blessing. In Psalm 25, 21, it says, let integrity and upright preserve me for I wait on you. The Bible teaches us that integrity preserves us. So the first area that I want to just encourage you to be checking yourself, Lord, am I living a life of integrity is in the secret places of your life. Because the Bible teaches us that integrity preserves. Uh, integrity is something that you can count on to preserve you no matter what you're going through. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den for refusing to bow down to a Babylonian royal statue. But the Bible says his integrity preserved him. God sent his angel and shut the, the mouths of the lions. That's found in Daniel chapter six. The king then promoted him and commanded that no other God be worshiped except for the Lord God of Daniel. Be sure, men and women, that what is done in secret will be revealed for everyone to see. The Bible teaches this is plain to see. Scripture says that the righteous have an everlasting foundation. And so the question becomes, is my foundation a sure foundation? Is what I am doing in the secret places where no one else is watching me? When I'm by myself, what am I, what am I downloading off of the internet? What are the thoughts that are going through my mind? The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so the question becomes, what are we thinking in the private places of our heart? Scripture says that the righteous have a foundation that is everlasting. What an amazing promise. So we shouldn't let the challenges that we face make us compromise our principles uh, that we've learned from the word. Like I was thinking about this in light of what's uh, going on with Matt Chandler right now, because at the end of the day, it's not going to be the reputation of Matt Chandler that takes the biggest hit. It's going to be the reputation of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a reputation of Christians. It's just one more uh, excuse for people to mock Christianity, to say, hey, look, they're no different than we are. And sadly, this is true. You can see this in divorce statistics. You can see it uh, in the woke churches across the, the United States in particular, but around the world where we're not showing a consistency of character and a consistency that follows a life of integrity along every aspect of our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 3.17, it says, For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. In other words, sometimes you're, I mean, we're going to encounter suffering, right? Amy Grant said, hard times come and they come till you're done. 
We're either going into a trial or we're coming out of one. But the Bible says, if we're going to suffer, it's better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Right now, I guarantee you, Matt Chandler is suffering because he made a decision, not necessarily an evil decision, but an unwise decision. He wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to check his heart. The second place that we need to demonstrate integrity is in our marriages. Demonstrating integrity in your marriage, meaning how are you talking? What is your uh, tone of voice that you're using with your husband, mom? What is the tone of voice that you're using with your wife? How is it that you're treating your spouse when no one else is watching? It's easy to be kind to your spouse when there's a bunch of people around. And the truth is that your kids are going to see what's true. And eventually that's going to be borne out in the way that your marriage plays out because those are stepping stones to everything else. So are you showing a consistency of character? Are you being gentle with your spouse? Are you treating that person like the gift that God says that they are? The Bible teaches us that what is done in the secret is eventually shown in the light. And you can see this in family trees, right? You see this in the life of Solomon. You see it in David. You can see it in a family tree. You can see it in Joseph's family tree and in the lineage that goes back to Jesus. When we disobey God, eventually that fruit is is, uh, is shown out. The next place that we need to have integrity is where we are living our lives in the public square. So whether that's the internet or at work, the Bible calls us to live lives of integrity. That means we need to be careful about what we say. Having integrity in our, in our business uh, requires that we have a pure heart so that the decisions that we make are not just to benefit us, but to benefit the people that work with us and for us, the people who those decisions are going to impact. And in Jeremiah twenty two thirteen, it says, woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by injustice, who uses his neighbor's service without wages and gives him nothing for his work. Jesus said that a laborer is worthy of his wages. If so, if you are in a situation where you have people that are working for you and you are being, uh, pushed around by greed instead of looking to see, hey, is the, is the laborer working as worthy of his wages? Or, and if he is, are you doing this appropriately? Are you, are you keeping, are you holding things back? Something that, that my husband and I have talked about a lot over the years in building the nonprofit organization and in doing the things that God has asked us to do, particularly in the very beginning, was you recognize that the people that are around you, the people that you hire become a reflection of who you are. And I think this is true. This is absolutely true in my run for Congress. It was one of the things that I loved so much about the team that God brought. The people that were around me were truly a reflection of what I wanted to be seen as uh, in the public eye. And so surround yourself with people of integrity. Surround yourself with people who are worthy of uh, being hired and who can uh, and who can rightly divide the word of God, particularly as you are being a reflection of the Holy Spirit yourself and a reflection of what God's doing in your life. I love that the Bible speaks to integrity and character over and over and over again about how uh, bad company corrupts good character. We talked about this last week, right? Parents, it's your responsibility to make sure that your kids are hanging out with kids who live lives of integrity. If you see that your kids don't have integrity in their character, that's your job to correct it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So Christians should choose their friends carefully because unbelievers do not mind the things of God, but of men. And so the Bible warns us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so we interact with them, right? But we want to be sure that we're not picking up habits that dishonor the Lord. The Bible says that we are the, the 
fragrance of Christ. We're to carry that fragrance with us wherever we go. And that will always lead us back to a life of integrity. This is something that we should be talking to our kids about, talking to them about what we want other people to see in us as we are called to be like Jesus. And and the Lord says, I'm going to work out a good purpose in you. I love this. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 12 to 13, therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God wants to do something in your life. And the main reason that we live lives of integrity is because we are called to be like Jesus. So integrity in our world today applies uh, a moral uh, incorruptibility to be able to be seen in private as we are in public, that we live lives that are pleasing to the Lord when no one else is watching. And if you're listening to this today and you're thinking, you know what, maybe it's time for me to do a little soul searching. Maybe it's time for me to ask the Lord, Lord, is my life pleasing you when no one else is watching? The Holy Spirit is really good about convicting us of sin, about making sure that our lives line up with what God says is pleasing. And this is a life that the Bible says yields blessing. Remember, I've said this I've said this before and I'll say it again. God's blessings are not found outside his boundaries. And when you live inside the boundaries that God set forth in his word, you can be sure to live a life of integrity. Thank you guys for listening today. It's all I've got time for. I want to remind you, that I answer your questions a couple times every week. And if you would like to submit a question to me, you can do that by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Thank you also for leaving reviews for the show and for supporting this podcast. We appreciate it very much. And I love to hear from you. You can leave feedback for me also at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. You can submit guest ideas. We are putting together our fall guest lineup right now. It is going to be fantastic. People come in and to speak to you on every aspect of the culture from medicine to music to uh, marriage. It's all going to be covered here at the Heidi St. John podcast. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith.